Welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, sponsored by Moda Fabrics. We have a terrific show filled with tips and tricks for you today. So let's get to it. Here's your host, Pat Sloan. Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I'm Pat. I'm really excited to talk to Carolina Osmussen, who is a very talented uh designer. She creates original quilts uh, with amazing free motion quilting. And the Orphil quilt for uh, the designer quilt for 2017, she quilted for the Orphil company. And so ah, we're going to talk about that plus some other things. Hi, Carolina. Thanks for being here. Oh, hi. Thanks for your invitation. Yeah. So tell me a little bit of your background. How did you discover making quilts? So I am an architect. Uh, I discovered the quilting in 2010 in Switzerland. And yeah, like in my old job, I I love to design my own projects and my own quilt patterns. Mm -hmm. So is quilting very big in Switzerland or were you like one of just a few? No, it's not. It's, it wasn't uh, very big. In Switzerland, we had like one guild, like uh, oh, okay. we have here in America, just one for the entire Switzerland. And, oh my uh, goodness! When I, yes, yes, it's very tiny. And <laughs> when I left uh, into in 2016, it was about uh, 90 members for the entire country. The entire, okay, so, wow, very tiny guild of 19 people across all of Switzerland. Um, <laughs> yes, that's, 90, not 19, 90. Oh, 90, like 90, 90. okay, well, yeah, still, yeah. yeah, 90, at least that's a little yeah, better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, you know, you, you uh, as an architect, it's a very creative uh, job, um, and so you approach mm-hmm. your quilt making in, a, in this very creative way. Did you start out with traditional patchwork, before, you know, because you haven't been doing this that long? Oh, no. I, I never even had a sewing machine before 2010. Even oh. I had, like, a, a, a craft room, but mm-hmm. not with a... Not with nothing for sewing, sewing. It was more like knitting and crochet, embroidery, but everything by hand, any machine. Uh, and when I started, I started pretty much doing basic um, patterns and uh, like charm blocks, quilts, mm-hmm. and everything like this. But I, uh, the quilting uh, is fascinating because because the blocks variations you can get just change a little bit the direction of the blocks or changing the colors that you're using like solids or some motif fabric is really something very interesting and it's almost irresistible don't change things (laughs) yeah (laughs) it is irresistible i think as makers we're like oh what happens if i do this right Yes, also the spontaneous variation, you know, when you do a mistake, but it's not a mistake, it's a variation. Yes, a designer trademark, you wanted to put that in there. Uh, exactly. So, you know, you've, um, 
come to the U.S. to live, Carolina, and that you know meant like a huge move. You had to move all of your things, and I was just curious because I haven't had to move really my studio. You know, how did you handle that? How did you take your machine and, and you know, what, were you afraid to move it? Uh, I was afraid. Actually, it's funny because I couldn't bring everything, all the machines, because of the uh, electricity is a different uh, of how the machines work. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, but I, I was able to bring my Bonina because it was the same. It just was uh, a problem to change the cord and it was okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I take my Bonina in the flight with me. Mm-hmm. Oh. And when we, yes, it was a crazy idea. It was like my cat with the handbag and uh-huh. the, the, the small bonina, the 350. Mm-hmm. And my husband was really not happy with all the situation. <laughs> but I think the, the, the glass teardrop in his glass was after the x-ray. They opened everything because mm-hmm. it has a lot of uh, tiny parts. And, mm-hmm. and then when they finish it, I ask, excuse me, uh, are you sure you put everything <laughs> back? Because I need everything. <laughs> and at this point, my husband was almost like, well, you can stay here with the police. I'm going away. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. You had to be sure you put everything back. Oh, that is so funny. Yeah, they would really check it because you're right. The machines have so many parts. And the they're dense, so you know, going through an X-ray, they're metal and and all of that. But you got it here, okay? You did great. <laughs> yes, yes, it was great. I don't think I will repeat. <laughs> no, right? No, no. This maybe you ship it, um, or just get a new one next time you have to relocate. Uh, so, where do you, um, you know, when you came here, were you already, you know, you've been entering competition? Have you been? Doing competitions for how many years now? Entering your quilts. Uh, yeah, my first uh, quilt pattern that I designed, I I sent to Houston, and I had the great great honor to have my quilts on the exhibition. So, was in 2015. Yeah, like three years for, with the exhibitions, and mm-hmm. I had the, the the honor to be quilts at. Uh, Houston, Chicago, American Quilter Society, almost all the quilt weeks, and mm-hmm. QuiltCon, um, Road to California, MQX, UX, UQSM, and mm-hmm. also at the Festival of Quilts in UK. Okay. Yeah, so, so you're sending things out a lot. Like people can go to your website and they can see, like even right on the front page, you've got a lot of your quilts shown there. You know, so we have to tell the story, Carolina, first of um, – before we talk about your quilts a little bit more, but I, I want you to talk about how you were approached by Orfield to quilt the designer of the month project because I had designed this very large quilt with lots of white space. Uh, it was a color wheel, simulated color wheel, because our theme was each designer had a different color on the color wheel. Uh, so when, how did you get... You know, how did you first hear about the opportunity to quilt it for Orifil? So uh, when Bradley from Orifil, when he contacted me, uh, we are talking about uh, moving stuff because he was also moving, uh, relocating from Italy, and I just bought a house uh, in the U.S. So mm-hmm. he was moving again, and we are talking about furniture and uh, the sofa, the lever, and stuff like that. And I was mm-hmm. 
thinking, oh, maybe he wants some tips or where to buy stuff or decoration and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And then he asked, at, a mo- at one moment, he said, oh, our Aurifil Bone 2015 top quilt is done and has a lot of negative space. So I was thinking if it would be interesting in quilt for us. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was, I, I love I love Aurifil. I love the thread. I use, like, absolutely every weight. And it was, it was a really, really good idea for me. But at first, I always ask if they have a, an email at first. From mm-hmm. wh- from when you want your quilt done. This is the, right, yeah. What's the uh, deadline? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, life can change everything at this moment, mm-hmm. yeah. If you want, well, tomorrow is going to be a totally different process. Uh, and if he had an image of the, the, the top quilt done, mm-hmm. because we, we would not have an opportunity to uh, meet in person, Mm-hmm. And it's very important when you do a custom quilt if everybody's on the same boat. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, but the quilt is gorgeous. It's like you say, it has, it is a paradise of negative space, what I love. And it is rainbow colored, but it's very attractive to people. And you have those, uh, circles, mm-hmm. uh, elements and the blocks, the very square blocks to, in each block. Has his own um, temperament, like with each design. It's, it's a it's a gorgeous quilt. Uh, we were just wonderful. Well, we were just thrilled. You did such an amazing job on it. I've not seen it in person yet, but I've uh, I've had some of the pictures. Uh, the other thing is that you were actually quilting on it in at the quilt show, right at QuiltCon in their booth in the Orfield booth. Yes, I said, uh, because I, I would be there for the quilt come because I had a quilt there. Mm-hmm. And then it, I, it, I said, oh, bring the quilt with you and then I can start to quilt there. And mm-hmm. then we can save more time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh-huh. then I start, they, they got me a Bonino 770 mm-hmm. and it was kind of, it, it was a huge quilt for that machine, but you mm-hmm. can totally Equipped. The, the center part was done at the mm-hmm. quilt con, and then the quilt came with me to Connecticut to my studio, and then I finished the background and each mm. block with an individual design uh, mm-hmm. with my Bonina Q20. Ah, well, it is gorgeous. I, we, we really, really love it. Um, we have about a minute and a half, Carolina. Can you tell me about what you're doing right now? Are you teaching locally? Have some online classes? I know you have a YouTube channel. Yes, I just uh, came back uh, last month from uh, Utah, from the Utah Quilting Story Marketplace. I uh, taught uh, several classes there at the quilt show, and it was a great, great experience. I teach free motion quilting classes, mm-hmm. and uh, but right now, this uh, uh, until the end of the year, I will be pretty much focused on my contest quilts and the exhibitions and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on my own quilts. So usually I take this summer vacation and extend a little bit more to take my time to finish the, the show quilts. Mm-hmm. And then I start with the classes again. Ah, perfect. Well, everybody can go to your website because they can see 
see. You have a lot of detailed pictures and the incredible quilting you've done on different ones. Uh, do you have you also are on Instagram, right? That's where you mostly sort of post. Yes, yes. The, the Instagram is easy for me to post because I just can take the picture and post there while I'm working on something or some like doing something interesting, say, oh, this is a great picture. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining me, Carolina. Oh, thank you so much for having me. (laughs) You can visit Carolina, A-S-M-U-S-S-E-N.com and uh, see her gorgeous quilting and follow her work. Uh, We'll be right back. issues of American Patchwork and Quilting a year delivered right to your door. Each issue is packed full of quilting patterns, how-to techniques, and tips and tricks from the editors and designers. And right now, we have a special deal for all of our podcast listeners. Visit allpeoplequilt.com deal to subscribe and enter coupon code podcast at checkout to get 60% off your subscription. Find the link in our show notes. You don't want to miss out. Are you a good starter of projects, but not the best finisher? Have you amassed a large collection of UFOs or unfinished objects? Join our private Facebook group to be supported by a community of quilters all working to finish their projects. Search for the American Patrick and Quilting UFO Challenge on Facebook to get started. Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I'm Pat Sloan. I have Andrea Zang-Jackson here again from Third Story Workshop. She was here a little while back when she did an incredible community-type project, and I've been following her work and noticed that she has another really amazing community project. And so we're going to get Andrea to tell us about it. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Pat. Now, this is so interesting because you decided to partner with um, a songwriter, Megan Smith, uh, to create this community project. Tell me, just tell me about it because it's got several components. Yeah, so what inspired me was when I started quilting seriously, when I joined a guild about two and a half years ago, Mm -hmm. um, I realized what a special bunch of people quilters are. They're so generous in spirit, and they're so generous with their time and their efforts, um, and they rally around each other and encourage one another to do the best work that they can. Mm-hmm. And so this aspect I found was very um, special and unique, mm-hmm. and I wanted to celebrate that somehow because I have felt that uh, encouragement and support within my own quilting community. Um, so I approached Megan Smith, who's a songwriter. She writes commissioned songs, like an artist would commission, mm-hmm. uh, would, would do commissioned paintings or something so she would she writes commission songs and I approached her to write a song about community now the, the song is not does not literally have quilting references but you can mm-hmm. you can probably see it if you look at the lyrics mm-hmm. um 
And I really wanted to celebrate that um, community aspect with the song. And alongside this, this song, I, I was going—I created a quilt, a quilt design, a quilt, and it will be a quilt pattern. So, um, we so were talking about. Yeah, let's okay for a second because I'm really let's just back up like one little second because I'm just fascinated that you decided that you should have a song associated with this. It's kind of like I would I would never occur to me to do that. Did you know Megan? Did you? How did this come into your head that? to have the song commissioned? Um, I knew Megan. We were acquaintances. We weren't um, friends. We have become friends through this project. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved her music. And when I, when I noticed that she was doing this unique, um, her, blazing her own path in the music, in the music world, kind of mm-hmm. doing her own thing, um, I really wanted to work with her. And I didn't know how that would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but So I thought about it for a few months, and I thought, well, what, what, how could we work together? And I love cross-disciplinary collaboration i think it's so um rich and there's mm-hmm. so much um to offer when you take so, so two things that are very different and you put them together um so that's how i was kind of got thinking about it and um i wanted to try this unique take on i don't know celebrating something mm-hmm. that was so special to me you know now i'm thinking did did she kind of get what quilters were it's funny, she, you know, this is a very odd request, <laughs> right? Yeah. Can I write a song about quilters? Right. Yeah. Um, no, but she totally got it. She, um, her mom is an avid quilter, so she understood mm. when I told her that, like, quilters travel, and they, they travel, they, they do quilts, like, there's a quilt tourism market. People come, yeah. and they, they, they shop around, and they do shop hops and things like that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she was like, oh, yes, I totally get it. When my mom comes to see me and my kids, she comes to see us, but she comes to see, to you know, also, also yeah. check out all the fabric shops locally. So she understood what how, how, um, how important it is for uh, quilters to, to express themselves through their craft. Yeah. So when you sort of had this idea, so basically you have this personal sort of journey that you're doing to celebrate the quilting community. Then this and and what you you did is you created an absolutely, I would say, Andrew, it's like a breathtaking uh, quilt to to be part of your project. It is Lone Star based. It has this gorgeous swan with a reflection in the water. How did you? come up with that it was less uh than linear <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah it was a it was kind of a jagged path um I, I was working on a different swan project and i thought well this is a really kind of this image is really interesting because i, I like the idea of a reflection and how community reflects back to you who you are really mm-hmm. when you surround with, with people that share your passion um they're there to reflect back to you what who you are without you even seeing it sometimes so sometimes, you know, you're working, say, say in a quilting sense, you're working on something, you're like kind of so zoomed in on, on what you're working that you don't really see the big picture of what you're doing. But mm-hmm. community really pulls you out of that. And if you're stuck or if you're um, feeling afraid to move on, um, they're really there to just help you along and can encourage you and support you. Mm-hmm. So um, this swan is by itself. There's no, it's, it's it was a single swan and this, it's embedded in this lone star, um, but it's surrounded by, um, well, it can see its reflection. It's looking down at, at its reflection. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's these stars in the sky and the lone star behind it. Um, and those are reflected in the water as well. So there's stars surrounding this swan. Yeah. And me, oh, go ahead. When Megan um, saw the kind of initial stages of the design, she, 
um, really latched onto that idea. And so the song is called Your Reflection. And oh. it talks about being alone, um, but how you, you were, you're there, you're shining like a star, your reflection is shining, shining like a star, and we see who you are. And this connection, I'm going to read the lyrics, this connection, brighter together, because we're all in your reflection. Yeah, it is. It, you are so thoughtful. I mean, it's like you know when you know. I just am very impressed with that. It's like wow, you've really thought about what all of this means to you. And there's just so much sort of layers of meaning uh, in what you're mm-hmm. doing. So when you decided now you have a song coming and you have a quilt and so you've gone out and done even more because you've asked people to join you in sort of celebrating all of this because you're going to make this a pattern Uh, so tell me what is going on now with it Okay, so I've structured this project in a in a, a new-to-me way. It's mm-hmm. through a crowdfunding project. So I'm asking people to, if they are interested in, in um, getting the pattern, to pre-order it. This way I know there's interest in, in, in people wanting to re- recreate this quilt, whether with the same fabrics that I used or in a, with a kit or mm-hmm. with their own um, fabric, fabric choices. So that was one reason I chose to, to crowdfund it so that I could, to, could take pre-orders for it. Um, another way was to you know, how was I going to promote this? And I wanted to really draw other people in that weren't in my immediate community of quilting, of, of quilters. Um, there are so many people that I have met online uh, through Instagram and through um, Facebook that have really encouraged me, even though they've never met me. Mm-hmm. And so these people are kind of key. Like you are one of those people, Pat, um, that is a leader. And so, you, you know, you see people working on their stuff and you want them to, to um, you want them to succeed. So, yes. you know, I felt I've been on the receiving end of that. And so I wanted to reach out to these, these people and um, ask them to participate in the project um, to help me promote it, but also to express um, for themselves what community means to them. So mm-hmm. you, you know, Pat, you're at a particular um, anniversary of, of your business and how you've um, seen such support uh, come around you as you launched your business in the, in the uh, late 90s and um, just really felt that yourself. The, mm-hmm. the subject of that, of that feeling yourself. And so I wanted um, these the, these people that I asked to make a star block, which is part of the pattern. It's a little paper piece block. Or if they were more inclined to a traditional method, then they could make a, a star of their choosing in a certain color colorway. And um, and then with their posting of that star block, they would they would have their own words about what the quilting community meant to them. And I'm collecting these blocks and they'll eventually, you know, in the next few months become a collaborative quilt. Um, so that'll be kind of, there'll be two quilts. There'll be this original design that I made with the, with the swan. Mm-hmm. And then there'll be another quilt that um, is literally made by a community of people. Um, I don't know what the final look of that is, but I think it's going to be a medallion of yeah. some sort. Yeah, I just I just love that you had options and that you were you're very organized. Um so it was so nice because you're like, "Here, I'm inviting you to this and here's what it's all about." And it was very easy to um see where you're going, you know, what you were doing and to be able to participate from me as a participant. Um and I have to tell you, I sent my paper pieced in the mail today to you so oh great i'm looking forward to getting it yes 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 so can you tell me a few like tips for that you know now that you've like worked through this quilt are there a few tips for those who are going to order it and make it yeah um 
I, I've designed a few paper piecing patterns in the last year and a half or so, um, and none of them have I asked people to pre-cut any of the fabric um, mm-hmm. before they delve in. I realize that, that is, it is fairly common for that to happen, but I've never done it before. But since there are so many um, repetitive um, paper, please, paper please star blocks, they're kind mm-hmm. of a two, two by six inch um, rectangle, um, I've, I'm going to be setting out uh, just a, a, a cutting uh, cutting session, let's say, uh, that happens before you paper piece them. So you can do it, you can chain piece them and do it efficiently um, without having to struggle mm. too much about, oh, what's this angle, what's this going to be like, or what, mm-hmm. how long does this strip has to have to be. Um, so that's that's a new approach for me. I, I think that it's probably not for every, not a new yeah. thing for everybody, but it's new for me. Yeah, I think that it's great because actually I'm like you, Andrea. I've rarely have made like a shape you know like to use I just sort of stick it up there I test it and then I sew it so um you know it'll be interesting to have I mean I have worked with them you know pre-cut it but still it's like my brain works the other way just audition it it'll come out Uh, (laughs) it'll work out so when um people can go to your website thirdstoryworkshop.com and they can get a link over to the project um what is your sort of anticipation for when it would be available um i expect that it will be available in uh, october i'm Mm -hmm. I'm hoping earlier um but through the summer i'll be writing it and i'll have my testers um will come together and have a session a a large session a whole day long maybe more uh, of testing (laughs) it and going through it um, and I, I wanted the, the, the quilt pattern to also be conducive to a, a group setting. So, you know, some mm-hmm. people could work on some bits and other people could work on other bits. And it could be really a group project. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of like that idea, too. So and I'm I hoping to... for it. Go ahead. <laughs> it'll be for it'll be definitely ready by October. Yeah, I was going to say, now you got me thinking, I'm going to have to get my friends to get the pattern, too, so we can, I can tell them, yeah, we're all going to get together and make this, like like Tom Sawyer, right? You know, like, here, I'll, I'll, yeah. give, you the, I'll give you the fabric, you just start sewing, uh, we'll share. Um, no, it is, a, yeah. it is just amazing. Thank you, Pat. So we have about a minute and a half. Did I see that you were doing a second version? Yes, I am working on um, an Alison Glass kaleidoscope version. She has a new line of uh, shot cottons that are out. Uh, mm-hmm. They're just out, and um, I'm using that. It's a t- completely different color colorway. It's going to be a pink sky um, mm-hmm. and kind of a textured. Um, dark blue water um and i'm excited to work with these fabrics they're they're really nice to touch and, and the, feel, the hand is, is beautiful on them um but it's going to look completely different and i'm excited yeah. to see it if it'll be done it'll, it'll be done by tomorrow uh, right. i'm working hard really? on it right now <laughs> yeah, right now yep um, um so yeah so I want to just tell people before we have to wrap it up to be able to go out and watch the video because the video is incredible. You did a really good job on that one too, Andrea. Thanks very much. I work with a great creative team that really helped me to get at the essence of the project and really present it well. Yeah, the, everything is fabulous. I am so excited for you, and thank you for inviting me, Andrea. Thanks, Pat. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to be back on the second half of the show with Donalyn Thomas.
I'm Jody Sanders, Group Editor of American Patchwork and Quilting, and I'd like to invite you to join me in making pillowcases to make a difference. For people who love to sew or quilt, it's so easy to lift spirits and bring smiles to hospitalized kids, homeless families, and others who are in need. Simply join American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine's One Million Pillowcase Challenge. Make one, two, or more pillowcases and donate them in your local community. You will make a difference with every pillowcase that you donate. Join the movement today. Find complete details, download free patterns, and record your donations online at allpeoplequilt.com slash million pillowcase. Join the annual American Patchwork and Quilting Quilt Along, along with thousands of other quilters. Visit allpeoplequilt.com slash quiltalong to choose your favorite project and get the pattern. Then get sewing. Share photos of your progress on social media using the hashtag APQQuiltalong to join the fun. Welcome back to American Patrick and Quilting's podcast. I'm Pat Sloan. The second half of the show, it is so fun when I can talk for two segments with uh, a designer, an author, and I'm excited to have Donalyn Thomas back. She is um, a prolific author and does oh all kinds of quilt making. I would kind of call her an expert because she really does have that expertise on techniques that we're going to really sort of dive deep into. So Donna, you've been writing books and books and books. Thanks for being here. Well, hi, Pat. It's nice to be back again. Yeah, I've been writing since 1987 was when I started my first book. Yeah. So it's been a while. (laughs) do Do you know how many you've written? I think it's about 20, but it depends on how you count. I mean, if you count translations that I had to read, uh, well, did some in metrics, so I had to develop metric systems oh. so, and then rewrite the books based on the different metrics. So it gets yeah. depends on your count, how you count. I would count those. Those would go in my count. That's <laughs> like... <laughs> I do because I, I had to work. It was work. Right, right, right. If you if you had to do any part of the work, right. I've had a book translated into another language, but I didn't have to do any work. It just showed up. Like the other day, yeah. one just showed up in Spanish. I was like, oh, that's neat. Um, so I, I didn't have to work on that one. So, you know, you've done two books recently. Were you working them on them at the same time? Well, sort of. I, I sort wrote of. them back to back between August of 2016 and April of 2017, which mm-hmm. was a, a bit of an insane time to do two that close together. And I also had about 20 working trips in the middle of all that, too. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, both were in my brain at the same time, because one you're writing, the other you're thinking about, and then you're mm-hmm. editing one while you're writing the other. So mm-hmm. kind of, sort of. Yeah, kind of, sort of. So I thought we would talk about the, fir- the first one we'd talk about would be your teeny tiny patchwork um, book because I'm doing this splendid sampler, which has a lot of small patchwork because they're six-inch blocks. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people are not used to dealing with tiny shapes, and a lot of the blocks have a lot of tiny shapes. So I thought, oh, my oh, gosh, yeah. you know, your book would be perfect because – it's going to show people how to deal with that. Do you work with tiny shapes often? 
Oh, I love the more intricate, the, the, the more I love it. I, I, a 12 inch block is a monster size for me. I, I like the more the six inch, the biggest I usually get is maybe eight or 10, uh-huh. but six or smaller is what I really like. But so yes, I do. So if somebody has not, uh, okay, well first just tell me what the book's about. Tell me the basis of the book and then we'll get some tips. Well, it, it's called teeny tiny quilts. And, um, it's more than just that, though. Each of the 12 mm-hmm. patterns, and each pattern has three different sizes of blocks. So you can choose how small you want to go. You're not mm. uh, required to dive into the, you know, the really tiny stuff. Mm-hmm. So they're called small, smaller, and smallest blocks. <laughs> and, you know, that, I, I like that. <laughs> it, it gives, there's 35 patterns, I mean, 35 um, projects mm-hmm. that you can do in the book. So. Um, it's, it's a lot of information. There's 39 pages of instructions in the front of the book, so it's really heavy on skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, I'm, I've you know, looked through it. You have lovely photos so that it shows everything, including what the back looks like. That's really neat because people don't always see that part. No, and some of my quilters do some amazing small quilting. It's just I, I, they always blow me away. Mm-hmm. So if somebody is new to using smaller patchwork, you know, smaller shapes, um, you are doing all this uh, with cutting. You don't do any, there's no foundation or paper piecing with no. this. Okay. No, I don't mess with paper. Yeah. <laughs> it's all just regular cutting, regular cutting and sewing. <laughs> So I think the first thing is people, you know, like if somebody reads an instruction and says cut a one and a half inch, you know, square, they're just like, oh, it's like so, like it's a scrap, you know, that, that's a scrap to me. <laughs> that's like I put that in the trash bin, you know, for the, <laughs> what if, how would, um, how do people like me, you know, like I have done it and I do it, my splendid sample, we're doing it. Uh, but how do you tell people to approach that when it's their first time cutting little tiny shapes? Well, the first thing you need is a really good ruler. You need, mm-hmm. um, you need one that has more lines than your basic large quilt ruler. So I like uh, rulers that have eighth inch grid all over, um, fine lines. You need um, openings at the uh, intersections so that you can see to line your fabric up. So you're, you're focusing a little on a little more accuracy mm-hmm. at that scale. Um, and other than that, it's still the same process. It's just you have to be a little more careful. So will the fabric, I always feel like, you know, fabric has a life of its own, mm-hmm. and I know that a lot of people will starch prior to cutting so that it's a little firmer. What do you prefer to do? I just, I don't. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't like the gunk that starch produces. I will best press, but um, usually I steam my fabric together. Um, there's a little bit of a, uh, adhesive uh, quality that comes when you, you steam cottons to cottons. Mm. Um, but mostly I just keep control of the fabric. I use a seam ripper to guide everything um, oh. when I'm sewing. Okay. But cotton, if we're working with cotton, cotton sticks to itself, so um, I don't want to starch. I know yeah. some people do, and that's fine. I just don't mm-hmm. want to mess with it. Right, and I know everybody has their own way, so it's always good to hear exactly. because people who don't want to know that it is entirely possible, um, sure. it's not, it's not going to be a problem. So what about stitch length, Donna, when you're doing small patchwork? Well, I definitely shorten my stitch length. If you, you think about it, uh, with some of the smaller smaller ones I have, I make you know I have quarter inch and three eighth inch finished size seams. 
if you're sewing basically eight stitches an inch, you're going to have three stitches across that seam. <laughs> so that doesn't work. <laughs> You need to shorten your stitch length. That uh, is yeah. a fascinating way to think about it. I have never thought about that. You you would have hardly any stitches. Right. Oh, yeah. And you don't want to rip it out then as you're doing smaller. Well, you have you might have to, but I'm sewing. Yeah. I'm sewing occasionally. I, I've had to rip out, you know, some that were quarter-inch and half-inch finished size seams, yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, I taught my husband how to. Oh, <laughs> One panic tonight. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, just it's a helper. Have a have somebody else yes. who can just do this. Uh, so, what about um, you know the quarter inch seam is is really crucial because yes. if it's off, it just magnifies. Right, and that's the first thing we discuss in the book. Really, when we get to skills, is the the accuracy of a quarter inch seam. Um, it, it's it's just math. It's you know math, math trumps myth every time. Um, you have to have an accurate seam allowance. And uh, to help with that, though, I use also use a finer thread and a finer needle. So I'll use a sixty weight thread and a size seventy microtex needle. Um, okay. Because you'll just get a finer seam, which means you'll have a finer turn, which means that your pieces are going to be uh, that much flatter and also more accurate. Uh, so, and, and for those of you who can hear some noise in the background, Donna is uh, <laughs> in a public yeah, space. Airport. And she's having to. She's at the airport having to to, to talk with me today uh, due to flight changes. So uh, yeah. that happens to everybody. I'm just grateful that you were still able. You're not on the plane already, and you're still yeah. able to talk to me. <laughs> oh well, that's the life of a traveling quilter. That's right. You know, you just have to deal with it. Um, now, you have these great step-out photos in your in this book with the tiny quilts. And tell me about um, how to like reduce the, the bulk at the seams. You know what I mean? Like when you it, like a bigger quilt, you just need to be able to sort of handle it a little bit better. But as they're tiny, those seams actually start to cover part of the that little one-inch square. Right. Well. Uh, with the smallest ones, I always trim. I sew with a quarter, but I always trim each seam to an eighth of an inch, oh. um, and that reduces bulk. But the the key thing is that every um, uh, set of seams that needed an intersection has to be pressed in opposite directions. There's there's no way around that, um, and pressing open doesn't work or, because you really need to nest those seams to at that size. You have to nest uh-huh. your seams in order to get them to to match tightly. And so the, the, the pressing direction is really important, and I give that in every step of the, of the way. I always have. Mm-hmm. Um, since my very first book, I always give pressing directions because I work that all out in advance. Mm-hmm. So you also have a really interesting photo where it shows where you, you, you clip the seam because you need them to go two different ways for the, both sides. Like picture the center unit. One side has to be up, the other side has to be down. So you actually... How do how do you clip that seam without messing up? <laughs> Carefully. I don't, uh, well, yeah, I, it's a little bit of you know quilting heresy, but you know, yeah. I, I, for me, it's so important for the seams to nest that I will do that. I'll just put a little clip, mm-hmm. and then I use the mash method of ironing. Oh, and what is that? <laughs> the mash method—you just you smash it. <laughs> You make it go flat with your iron and steam. Yeah, iron and steam. So you, so steam is good at this point. 
when just with up and down movement, yes, I won't yes. use it with um, any type thing with like bias or uh, even cross grain. But uh, mm-hmm. you, when you're trying to make something lie flat like this, where you're doing something you're technically not supposed to do, but you know at this point mm-hmm. you have to, mm-hmm. you know, it's just mash it down, steam. Yeah, and a nice hot iron. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is one of the the blocks or the quilts, rather, in your book that would be great as a starter for somebody who's like, I would like to try this, but I don't want like a zillion intersections yet. Uh, Philadelphia cobblestones. Okay, it has basic triangles and basic strip piecing. The pieces aren't as tiny as some of the others, and of course, the biggest one, you know, is um, much larger than the smallest mm-hmm. one. So, it's it's a good starter. Uh, the other one would be fractured, which is just one strip set, um, and you just cut it into segments and rearrange them to make the quilt. So both of those would be very good starter ones. And start with the bigger sizes. Don't start with the tiniest one, unless you're right. like me, and that's what you really want to do. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, ease it in. Ease it in to something yes. Yes. tiny. Yes. Because when you're starting and you're coming from big blocks, it is intimidating, you know, and it all works mm-hmm. a little bit differently. Uh, what about fabric choices for smaller blocks? Well, you still want to do the same thing. You still want to use a lot, you know, a variety of types of prints. For instance, I would never use all dots in one quilt. I know people are doing that, but to me, I, I like the variety of types mm-hmm. of prints. So I will use, you know, florals and stripes and, and you know, gets you little prints and some, you know, symmetricals and directionals and all of that. But the scale you're looking at is just that much smaller. Mm-hmm. So what's a small floral for a large quilt becomes a large floral for a small quilt. So you just have to look at the whole thing as a whole different, you know, at a smaller scale. One thing you do want to make sure, though, is that when you have um, a multicolored print, which I try to avoid when I'm working with the really tiny ones, mm-hmm. if you put a, a, another print up to ne- next to it that has one of the colors from the multicolor in it, mm-hmm. you can find that you will bleed out points where those colors meet mm-hmm. in one piece next to the other. So you could bleed out a point on a triangle um, yeah. because you've got red in one print and sitting it up next to a red print. All right. Yeah, you have so to be careful about that. Yeah, it just doesn't, it's not as forgiving. Um, no. Mm-mm. When there's, when they're so tiny. So we are here pretty soon going to take a break, um, Donna Lynn, and we'll see if your loudspeaker guy has more announcements for you at the airport. <laughs> and then we'll come back and talk about your sampler book, okay? Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Our listeners love a good deal. We have a special offer just for our podcast listeners. Get 50% off a downloadable pattern of your choice in our online shop. Visit apqshop.com, add a digital pattern to your cart, and enter coupon code PODCAST at checkout. Then get quilting. Visit our show notes for more details. We've been doing the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast since 2011. That's a lot of shows. Search for guests listen to past episodes, and read quotes from the show on our website. You'll even find a special welcome video from our host, Pat Sloan. Visit us at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast.
Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I'm talking to Donalyn Thomas. We're talking about her new projects, uh, her new books. So, Donalyn, you did the book on the tiny quilts, and you also, mm-hmm. at the same time, right kind of soon after, or maybe it was before, did uh, a sampler book. Uh, yes. So, I love samplers. Are they something you really love? Oh, well, yeah, because you never get bored making the same block over and over again. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you can try all kinds of blocks without having to build an entire quilt around it. Yeah. So what is the concept behind your, your sampler? Because there is a story. Yes, there is. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- I made this quilt in 2015, and it was made to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the two biggest events to affect my life. And they were both related to each other. Um, the first was meeting my husband, who I couldn't stand at first, but eventually I realized he was not that bad a guy. And that story's in there. <laughs> and then making my first quilt for him, which was this monstrosity that, I, I, you know, I did everything wrong. But anyway, um, so, I, so for this, this commemorative quilt, I chose 40 blocks that I had made throughout the years and made each one twice, so it's an 80-block sampler. Um, but each block tells a story, and each chapter also tells a story. Um, but beyond telling you know, me telling my stories, it's, it's a book meant to encourage others to make mm-hmm. their own commemorative quilts. So there are other, uh, six other alternate quilt sets in there for like a 10, 20, 25, 30, 40, or 50-year commemorative anniversary of some sort and oh. samples to go with each. So people can do their own, which is really, yeah. uh, it's important to pass these things down, I think. Yeah, I love that you like gave other way, other smaller versions, so that you could use yeah. less blocks. And um, so, when you did this, you set it the main quilt on point. Um, what size are the blocks? Six inch. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you of might course. say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but what I what I did to help others though was I framed them with two inch strips. Mm-hmm. Uh, oversized strips that could be trimmed back so each block was eight and a half inches. Yeah. That, that way, it, it, you can forgive the blocks a little bit from not right. being quite six inches. Or right. Yeah, you have a little bit of wiggle room there. So if you're, yeah. you know, not used to, you know, what? Tell me a bit about the design part of doing on point patchwork because not every block looks good on point, and some blocks really look better on point. Yeah, and, you know, cutting down to 40 blocks was really hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's a lot more stories to tell than 40. But, and so some of that did, I mean, sometimes the design of the quilt um, helped determine which blocks were going to be chosen and which weren't. Mm-hmm. Um, for exactly like you say, because some look good on point and some don't. Mm-hmm. And so um, obviously ones that aren't going to look good on point, I didn't include. Mm-hmm. So, but I had quite a number to choose from so what is one of your person do you have like a personal favorite block that you put in it your yes you know, yes oh <laughs> yeah well although there's a lot i like my husband. i know I can't have that many favorites but my absolute favorite is folded box um because you can uh when you play with value you create an origami like 3d look to the block Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't do the value base, it's just a you know your basic flat block, but it becomes mm-hmm. alive. It really comes alive when you use value in it. So I, I love making that block. And you kept this particular quilt in a limited palette. Yes, 
Yes, because um, for me, and you know, the other samples are not as you, you know when you, as mm-hmm. I look through the book, but for mine, it was a 40th anniversary, and so the the color for 40th is is red, and so it's 40 reds and 40 pinks, um, probably about 10 greens, and uh, the two main greens that frame the block. Mm-hmm. So it's a red and green quilt, but the 40 reds and 40 pinks. I made sure yeah. it was just that. Just that. Oh, I love that part. I love. It's like double meaning, you know, like you have yeah. several several layers of meaning. So, um, this particular book is what is the title of this one? I just lost it. The, the anniversary sample. The anniversary. The anniversary sampler. sampler. Okay, so that mm-hmm. is what you can look for now. When you're working with all this small patchwork, you create uh, scraps, you know, like I call them scraps, but, you know, you actually create more scraps. How do you yeah. handle, yeah, how do you handle storing your smaller scraps? Do you actually keep them? Yeah, I have, um, oh, I have a couple of things I do. I have my cutting tables, actually kitchen cabinets that mm. have been, um, secured together and then I have a kitchen countertop on top and so I have all these drawers and so I have drawers for each color and so anything um, that's small just goes in those drawers um, but if it's really really small I have a um, laundry hamper that I put things in I donate to a couple of charitable places that uh, make quilts and some fabrics too that I'm just not going to use again mm-hmm. you know, so there's some bigger things that go in that laundry hamper so you know it, it's a mix and I know one lady who doesn't make quilts from it. She never buys fabric. Oh. She just makes quilts from what people donate. And so I'm one of her donors. So. <laughs> yeah, well, it's always good to have somebody like that because if yeah. it's going to be used, that's amazing. It's just often we don't yeah. we don't have those people local or, you know, whatever. So, so okay, so you are keeping – you're keeping them, and then when you go through like a project like this one, you, did you start with the sampler here knowing that you wanted 40 reds, 40 pinks? Did you buy new fabric or, or in the sense of not oh, scraps? <laughs> no, yeah. I didn't buy anything for it. I have, uh, I, my stash goes back 30-some, you know, to the 80s. And so in this quilt, actually, I have 40 reds, but I have original Ginny Byers. I have Jeff Gutchen. I have... Oh. Marcus the bicentennials and you know and, and ever since you know from then on so it was, uh-huh. just picking the fabrics was like a, a walk through time because I have everything in there and um, so I have new and I have old and everything in between so it, it's it's really kind of cool, you know. When people come up and look at it up close, they say, "Oh, I remember that." And, right. Oh my goodness, that's Jimmy Buyer. Oh my goodness, you know, it's it's fun. It's a lot of fun. That I think that that is amazing because when it goes smaller, um, you know, you you still can recognize it. Well, that's what I find really interesting is that people, when you have something small, they still come up and say they have that fabric. Oh sure, sure. That's the fun of collecting. Yeah. Is, you know, this is how I justify collecting. <laughs> <laughs> my, culture's, my culture's IRA, you know. <laughs> That's right. So what is one of the other quilts? Just tell me about one of the other quilt options in the book. Can you describe it? Well, there's one that a friend of mine made that is the, uh, uses 25 blocks. And she only chose ones that meant something for the occasion she was celebrating, mm-hmm. which was her daughter getting, you know, finally getting her bachelor's degree in her late thirties. And she said, it seemed like she'd been in college for 25 years <laughs> and that had always been the family joke. So that's yeah. why she chose that set. And, um, 
so she, you know, she chose a schoolhouse block and she chose some other things that were, uh, meant something to the family. And so mm-hmm. it's a very personal, personalized quilt. So that is the idea. Yeah, that is really neat. And there's also one where somebody did like repeats, um, like a couple of the blocks were repeated so that, you know, they just, I think this one, I don't know the name of it, but it has four schoolhouses on it. That's the one. Oh, that's the one. one. Okay. So she did, she did repeat a few of them so that it's really effective. Yeah. And you don't have to use all of the blocks. You could even just use one or two and just make as many as you want to, you know, for your sampler, for your commemorative, whatever, whatever it is you're celebrating, because it doesn't have to be just a birthday or an anniversary. It can be a daughter graduating from college after what seems like forever, or you know what? (laughs) (laughs) My one of the quilts is for um, made by a friend of mine whose sister was just declared ten years free of cancer. So that's a wonderful reason to make a quilt. Yeah, and um, you know her center block had a photo of she and her sisters. So Mm -hmm. kind of cool. Yes. Yeah, that is that is neat. All of those sort of memory type things, celebration mm-hmm. things are yes. it's fun though, like you said, to do the sampler because it's not the same block repeated. You right. can have a little bit more fun with it. Uh speaking of number of quilts, because you've made a few, how do you <laughs> <laughs> how do you store them? Well, in my office I have a, a double bed and it's um uh, got that's where I store my quilts. It's my quilt mm-hmm. storage bed, and so I have about ninety quilts stored flat on that bed. Um, we wanted I wanted it to raise it up so I could store other things underneath. So we got the risers mm-hmm. that you know they sell for college dorms and things. And um, because the quilts are so heavy, we had to, my husband put cement in each of the risers <gasps> so that you know <laughs> the bed wouldn't collapse through the risers. <laughs> so the bed's pretty high, and it's kind of like Princess in the Pea. It's not really soft to to, to sleep no. on. No, <laughs> oh goodness! Is this on the second floor of your house? I hope not. It's <laughs> No, <laughs> no, I have the lower level, the walkout lower level thing. Yeah, it's like you need the, <laughs> the base ground, like, you know, we come through the ceiling into the living room one day. It's like, oh, there's, there's my quilts. It's like, right. oh, oh, my goodness. Oh. So you are, uh, you teach a lot. Some years you teach even more than other years. Um, yeah. One, you know, I don't know, how, we have just a couple of minutes here, but, I thought, you know, you've, you've taught on quilt cruises, and I have oh. as well, but I thought, you know, what is, like, one big tip for somebody interested in that? Because people ask me all the time. They don't really understand what it's about always. Well, the idea is to combine the fun of cruising with the fun of quilting. Now, the, mm-hmm. the cruises I go on um, are with Stitch in Heaven, and the way those are set up, you only cruise the day, you only take classes the days at sea. So the rest of the time, you're a regular cruiser, and husbands come along or groups of friends. I mean, I'll tell you, the groups of friends are always a hoot when you get a group of women together on a vacation together and having a blast. Um, Now, for the ones I do, the the sign room is open 24-7. The sign machines are provided. Mm -hmm. Um, You can show up to class or not show up to class. It's whatever you want to do. The idea is just to have a good time. Yeah, and, and learn the, something new. Mm-hmm. And learn something new, right? And the projects are not mind bending; they're generally no. um, easy, so that you, you know, because you have to go play bingo sometime during the afternoon and interrupt class. So you know, that's uh, yeah, or, <laughs> or karaoke or whatever you want right, to do. Right. 
<laughs> also, just because I know not everybody realizes this, not all sewing rooms for all companies are open all the time. That happens to be yeah. how Stitch in Heaven does it. I've worked with several other companies as well. And depending on the ship and the arrangements, the sewing rooms can be closed into the uh, into the evening. So, right. you know, you, you, um, you've done a lot of teaching, but you have a bit of a – you're going to have a little break, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to slow down a little bit. I, I have decided to slow down my, my schedule, you know, to about six to nine trips a year because um, – <laughs> Uh, you know, it's just it was too it was getting to be too much. But mm-hmm. I also um, have a, a it, it turned out to be a fortunate thing since I was just diagnosed with breast cancer. So mm-hmm. it's it's a matter of um, being able to be treated, <laughs> right? And and still you know be able to work some. So, yeah, but so it's curable. I will be fine. Right, right. We we are all going to be like. Thinking about you, Donna Lynn, um, and I know that you have like a lot of things going on, and so people can read on your blog to get updates. Uh, and then you do a newsletter? No, not yet. I'm supposed okay. to. My my promotional <laughs> manager says I'm supposed to. So, <laughs> <laughs> but you, are you, where do you go? You're on Facebook, then. Yes, yeah, that's probably okay. where I'll post things. Yeah, so you have Facebook and you have your blog, and everybody should look for your books um, and keep us up to date. I will, I will. I Thank will. you so much, Pat. Thank you, Donna Lynn. Everybody visit her at DonnaLynnThomasQuilter.com. Uh, this is American Patrick and Quilting's podcast. I'm your host, Pat Sloan. Uh, find us online at AllPeopleQuilt.com, at me at PatSloan.com. We'll see you next time. Hi, all, and thanks for listening. If you love the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast, please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps other quilters find us. Have a creative week.